Good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We do have a special guest. Annie, what is it that you do for us? I am the service manager for the Sunset location. So I am in charge of all of the coordinating and logistics for helping that shop run like it does. Basically, I'm support for everybody. So is it safe to say that I work for you? Yes, it I, is that's safe. What, that's kind of <laughs> and you do a, an excellent job. So Annie, when we have a guest on here, we always kind of start the same. Uh, I know you're a huge comic book fan. What? You spend a lot of time. No. Uh, it's an origin story. So through any comic books, there's always the, hey, where did they come from? You know, I don't know if, uh, you know, the comic book nerds out there, Peter Parker got bit by a spider, got his superpowers. So how did you get your superpowers? Is same what I'm exact asking. way. Same yep. exact, a radioactive spider. Yes. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Well, Annie, you have been at a couple of different uh, facilities over the years, kind of, and you had some formal training. Can you kind of just bring everybody through, you know, how you got into the business, why you got into the business, and then uh, then we can kind of dive in the deep end on some of the technical stuff. Sure. So I developed an interest in automotive through going to car shows right outside of high school, and I eventually decided I wanted to go to school for automotive to be a mechanic. That mm-hmm. was the original game plan. Yeah. But shortly into my start of schooling, I started at a really reputable shop in town. Um, I started in the shop originally, but they ended up needing me more so inside. So mm-hmm. I transitioned to inside. I did go ahead and finish my automotive degree, the technical degree, but... Um, being a service manager has turned out to be, I think, a much better use of my <clears throat> skill set. You know, it's super important to be able to repair a car. And I thought if, you know, back in the day, like if I could just fix the cars better than anybody else, I was going to be like the king of the, the scan tool or whatever. But life sometimes, you know, needs to teach you some lessons. And having the ability to communicate well with the customers, communicate with very strong personalities from the technician side of it, is a real skill set in itself. And I greatly appreciate the fact that uh, you were open to the the idea about moving up front uh, with that original facility. And I believe, do you enjoy it? Or do you, do you regret? I'm putting you on the spot here. Hard-hitting <laughs> interview here. Do you, um, do you regret not being a mechanic? I don't regret not being a mechanic for a living. I would love to still be able to tinker on my own Mm -hmm. um, more than I'm able to, but I definitely don't regret where I've ended up. I think it's better than the game plan I had for myself. Sometimes life's funny. Yep, it is. Sarah, this next question, I'd like feedback from from you and Annie both. Um, You both have had uh, extended education uh, yours was in vocational or auto mechanics, sir. Uh, I guess communication is that what your your uh, yes the training o- official training. The has official been? title is electronic media production. Well done. Communication, well done. basically. So, what was your feedback of going through both of your um, ongoing education? Was it a good experience? Was it a bad experience? Would you do it again? 
So I always say that I should be like the spokesperson for Ozarks Technical Community College. I had just an absolute wonderful experience going through Votech College. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to college when I was in high school still. So I still did the uh, high school part-time, college part-time. And it really allowed me to see if this was actually a hobby or if this was something that I wanted to have as a career. And I followed through with it. And then I actually graduated from OTC just shortly after I graduated from high school. So I was like 17, Mm -hmm. just right out of the gate, started working in my field. And I really enjoyed the Votech training that I received because it was all Mm hands-on. And so uh, some of the photos that you see hanging around OTC, that is taken by photography students there. We have a uh, TV station up there. And at the time, one of the finals was for the uh, students that were studying construction, Mm -hmm. um, more like carpentry if you will they actually came up and built the studio for us ourselves so it was it was very hands-on everybody was actually learning it wasn't just sitting behind a computer or a book and Mm -hmm. reading about it we were actually doing it and i think that's really what made me determine you know what this is what i want to do if this is what it's going to be like this is for me Mm -hmm. All right, Miss Annie, same question. <laughs> kind of the opposite answer. Uh-huh. I'm glad keep, keep OT- it real. I'm glad OTC has other good vocational programs. I think it at least was seriously lacking when it came to automotive technology. I don't think they did a good job of equipping people for real world mm-hmm. first step getting into a shop. Um, I wish someone else could step up or maybe they could change their program and i wish we had a better training program for new technicians so i've run into that in hiring folks that have come through that program um and there's a lot of great things that they do over there but it's almost like the maybe even lacking of the fundamentals sometimes where most of the learning and experience at least in our world came from in the shops right you know unfortunately making some mistakes Um, But being there with veteran folks that have been there and made those mistakes and know what to do about them and work through them, um, because the collateral damage of error, uh, regardless of what industry that you're in, is a big, big deal. So I really think that it depends on the instructors that you get, because I've had good instructors over there. Um, I've taken some night classes over there, and some of them are amazing. And then some of them, I'm like, man, this could have been so much, much more. Right. As well as, um, you know, I went to the Southwest Area Career Center. I think they call it Scott Tech now in Monette. And my first year instructor was adequate. Um, It could have been a lot better that year. My second year instructor was absolutely a boss. I mean, he was amazing. Greg Allen, if you're out there still listening, thank you very much because he really did a good job dealing with the students that weren't super interested in things, keeping them and and teaching them. But the students he could see that were going to be professionals in the industry, he really poured into them about not just, you know, righty tighty, lefty loosey and, you know, the basics. This is how you become successful in this industry. And I'll, I'll, I'll just put it out there. I was pretty much the teacher's pet through that time. And he really poured into me as far as, you know, not just being a mechanic, but growing the skill set, 
continued education, no matter how old you are. That man, I don't know how old he was at that point when, you know, he was instructing our classes, but um, he really made sure that you were going to be successful, you know, not just working under the shade tree, drinking a beer, you know, he wanted you to know that this is a good career. And that's really what I absolutely know that really accelerated me through my automotive career you know, experience, whatever. Normally when we hire in a new person, it's about a two year training process. Right. They're, you're starting with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And which is great. And that's really what I was hired on. At six months, they're like, okay, you're ready to go. And just that, you know, you can handle what we need you to do. And then I continued a tremendous amount of uh, continuous education, thankfully with A1 Custom, that they believe that I was worth investing in, thankfully, (laughs) as well as I made it, hopefully, um, very apparent that when they would invest in me, that they got a tremendous return on that investment back. That basically, when we were in a spot that nobody else could take care of whatever it was, put me in coach. You know, I want to take on some of those more difficult uh, situations. And the more you do that, the more you become, become comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is very important. And I almost think that that part of it needs to be taught, not just the nuts and bolts of the automotive field. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. I would agree with that. So uh, in my bid to be an instructor for a technical college, (laughs) I I think you would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, As well well as some of our other techs that work for A1. We have some amazing folks. I mean, I'm very, very blessed to not be the smartest person in the room, which (laughs) is wonderful. I mean, you know, you hear all and see all the memes out there that, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. I definitely <laughs> have found the right room because by far I got people that school me on a daily basis. It's always Darren. It is Darren. Well done, Darren. Thank <laughs> you for all that. He's a rocket scientist. He truly is. Maybe a mad scientist. <laughs> he does yeah. a great job over there. But I like being pushed a little bit. I like, um, you know, having those thought-provoking discussions. And, and really, the world hopefully is listening out there and, and takes a notice of this. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have different points of views. We don't have to burn each other's houses down just because we don't see eye to eye, as well as, you know, the ability to truly listen and not be thinking about, hey, what am I going to say next? What's my rebuttal going to be? That makes a big, big difference because there's a lot of times that if I will listen and not speak first... A, it keeps me from showing everybody that I'm an idiot. And B, a lot of times I learn something and, you know, we're, we're all better off for it. And sometimes it's just listening to it at such a level that you can understand where that person's coming from and that they need to be heard as well. That's the other thing. I don't think people do a great job with that is hearing that other person and then effectively using that information to work through whatever the challenger problem is. But that's a whole different show for a different discussion. But uh, time flies. Sarah and I and uh, our guest, Miss Annie, that is our service manager, are going to step into a break, but we're going to pick it up on the other side right after this. For complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Special guest, our Sunset Service Manager. Say that 70 times fast. <laughs> uh, Miss Annie is in here. 
I told you I was going to provoke you a little bit during this show. And Stacy and I actually had this discussion this morning before I was leaving for work <laughs> that if you own a Honda or a Toyota, they just run forever and you don't have to do anything for them. They're just run on hopes and dreams. Is that true, Annie? I mean, I'm not going to say it's too far from the truth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, Toyota, especially, they're not. They're not turning heads, but they do run and run mm-hmm. and run and they run. Do. They definitely have a, I believe, well-earned reputation for reliability. Is that so? Yes. So would it say, was it safe to say that you are a Toyota fangirl? Would that be a safe... <laughs> A safe, should we get your, your... I don't like that that uh, name. Really? You don't need to make me a name badge with that. But I'm definitely a big fan of Toyota, yes. So the reason I bring this up is the perception is, and it's somewhat earned. You know, my thought process, and we've shared it on the show a lot, is really what makes a good car or a quote-unquote bad car is the ability to neglect that car mm-hmm. and it still continue to run and operate right. for years and hundreds of thousands of miles. Yes. And Toyota and Honda do a very good job at that. But I think, and I'm not picking on the customers, I may be picking on you just a little bit. Um, The perception when you come in with the customers a lot of times is that Toyotas and Hondas never need work. And that's, I guess, what drives me Mm -hmm. crazy is they're like, well, it it runs just fine. I'm like, yes, the wheels are just about to fall off. I realize it's running Mm -hmm. fine, but we got to take care of these things. Otherwise, it gets to the point where it's such a big, big repair that folks don't want to do that. Sure. I think that's kind of across the board with people who own all different makes and models, though. Um, It just depends on the person. Are you being proactive and Mm -hmm. taking care of things that aren't broken right now and aren't causing you a problem right now in order to avoid it in the future? So you need to quit picking on Toyota owners. (laughs) No, I, I mean, they're extremely capable amazingly capable vehicles. So the reason that that came up is uh, one of our older children, uh, Stacy's oldest daughter, has got a Kia. Mm. And I've I've had to do a significant Mm -hmm. amount of work to that Kia. Um, Stacy's oldest boy, Seth, has got a Hyundai. And safe to say I've done a significant amount of work to both of those vehicles. So as she came home from work last night, Trinity caught me outside and said, hey, my car's doing something weird. I'm like, crap. It was like probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And uh, so I take it for a drive. I figure out what's going on with it. Talking with Stacy this morning, she's like, you have a couple more Hondas out there. Should we just get rid of the Kia and put her <laughs> in one woman. of the Hondas? I know. <laughs> I know. She definitely is the brains of this outfit. But um, I like Hyundais and Kias, and it's not a lot... Oh, you disagree? So it's Call funny. me out in it's front of everybody. <laughs> just, just let him know that Dustin doesn't know what he's talking about. It's funny you bring up Kia this morning because I was just thinking about one of our very good customers. Mm-hmm. He had, oh, I want to say maybe a 16 Sorento um, religiously changed the oil every 3,000 miles. Mm-hmm. I had the Carfax report. Yeah. We were putting an engine in it at 113,000 miles. Oh, wow. That. That is so frustrating to watch because even for someone that has religiously Mm -hmm. taken care of their vehicle, been proactive, done all the maintenance that's been recommended, they still were let down. That that is a very good point. I'm going to push back on your point just a little bit here. (laughs) Um, That is, so what you you said, it was a 13, 16 something, it was a late model? Yes. Okay. So this has been a topic of the show quite often, and I'd love to get your take on it. 
the vehicles that have been manufactured, and I'm going to say like from 2013, 2012, and, and newer, I see a significant drop in reliability and quality versus the vehicles that were built, say, from late 90s on up to 2012, 13. It, and it varies depending on manufacturer. So part of the reason I hold on to some of the older cars that we do, um, so Trinity's is a Kia Sorento. It's a 2005. Uh, Seth's, I think, is an 03 or 04 Hyundai Santa Fe. The reason that I pour so much into those vehicles and don't just jump into a newer vehicle is because the construction quality of those, in my opinion, as well as the repair procedures, parts expense, and the time it takes to do those repairs is much better, in my opinion, than, you know, say 2016, even 2018. I see those those late model cars having issues such as what you're talking about, where they lose an engine or transmission just north of 100,000. So, yep. Same yeah. with the Ford, the the timing chain issue for Mike. Yep. I mean, that was at just over 100,000 mm-hmm. miles that we're putting timing chains in yep. a major repair. Major repair. And that vehicle had not been neglected either. No, it for sure hadn't. I know that vehicle personally, the owner, I mean, takes great care of it, doesn't beat on it. Um, that's what I consider a flaw in engineering and design. And they beta test that new technology on the consumers, which really drives me crazy. But that's part of the reason I hang on to some of the older ones. Yeah, they got miles on them. They cost me. I got to work on them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in the big scheme of things, if I update, I'm just updating to newer, more expensive problems. So I agree with that. Okay. I will say Toyota seems to have more of a reputation of being slower to throw out the mm-hmm. new technology, the new cutting edge stuff. They may look like they're behind a little bit, but they're not in a rush. They seem more focused on quality than having the latest and greatest mm-hmm new features um, to promote. They're more interested in promoting reliability. Yes. And I think that's kind of inherent in that company. That's one of the founding factors of that company. And you don't see that everywhere. Um, There are companies that are very innovative, um, but you pay the price on some of that new innovation. And I bring this up today for everybody. And and I, I basically want to kind of paint a picture of why it is I'm I'm going over this stuff is because, you know, everybody knows that I'm a diehard Ford guy. I love my Fords. Now, I do have several General Motors products at the moment, and I'm real happy with those. I've had a few of them over the years, and for whatever reason, it just shifted in that manner. Um, I was able to hunt down a deal on a nice Duramax that I'm very happy with. My work truck is a six-liter gas, um, uh, one-ton, single rear wheel, great truck. Um, I still have many Fords out there, so don't, you know, my old 7.3s, I got a few of those kicking around, still running three, 400,000 miles, etc. But I bring this up because with A1 Custom Car Care, we have an extensive amount of experience. And when you work on most makes and models, you know, it's awesome to have somebody that's really diehard, loves, you know, Toyota, Honda, Kia, whatever, throughout our company, we've got some folks that have some great experience in all makes and models. Um, And I know we've probably got just a little bit of time, but um, you've recently added a new technician there who has some European experience. Um, What does he like doing? 
because I am not a European mm-hmm. guy. Everybody knows that I pick <laughs> on Dodge owners and European. Uh, so we do yes, Waylon is our newest technician there. I am super thankful to have him there because uh-huh. we're able to tap into a new market that before we steered clear of because we don't want to get in over our heads and tell a customer, yeah, we can work on uh-huh. your BMW, and then we get into it and find out we don't have yeah. the experience or the software or or you know whatever area we may lack in, then we've got to refer them elsewhere. So uh-huh. now being open to being, being able to work on BMWs, um, especially some Volvos, Volkswagens, uh-huh. yeah. um, we so can bring those in now. He's pretty well factory trained, Volkswagen, yes, Audi. Um, he has his own uh, factory level VAGCOM scan tool. So anybody out there in the European market knows that that's a very important piece of the puzzle. Um, we are going to step into a break. We are going to pick it up on the other side. We're going to basically give you a rundown of some of the talent that we have there at our Sunset location. You're listening to Springfield's Talk 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after the break. Your complete car care solution. One custom car care. Thanks for hanging out with us. You've got Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care, special guest. We have our service manager from our Sunset location. Before we stepped into the break, we were kind of talking about Wayland, one of our new techs, some abilities that uh, we haven't really, not saying I couldn't fix those cars, but I don't want to practice on people's right. cars. Right. And so we have not promoted, we have not really sought after that market. Have we worked on and fixed those for existing customers that happen to have those in their fleet? Sure, we've done that. Um, But now we have somebody that has some factory training, continued education, skill set, reps and sets, experience to deal with some of those vehicles. Um, I want to make this clear. Wayland is at our Sunset location. So if you need that kind of service done, you need to call and talk with with you or yourself um, and make sure that uh, you get to the right technician. Because... In the big scheme of things, every technician is not created equal. Every mechanic is not created equal. And it's very important, at least to me, I hope it is to you guys out there, that the right skill set is is touching your car. So um, we made a reference to Darren a little bit ago. Um, He is our resident uh, (laughs) mad scientist. uh, And we say that with lots and lots of love. Um, Darren really steps in and takes care of a lot of the stuff that normally would have fallen on my plate that, hey, you know, this is being a challenging one. Um, so what is it like having Darren kind of as, as part of your arsenal? It's been an incredible blessing. I feel like I can trust him when I get those phone calls that are like, this vehicle has been at three other shops. They've, they've thrown parts mm-hmm. at it. They've not been able to fix it you know, all of the weird phone calls and the nobody else can figure it out. 99% of the time, Darren figures mm-hmm. it out. And and really does it at a very, very high level. So you've been at some really high-end shops um, and had some good experience. And I really value that you, you know, have that to fall back on or, or reflect on. Had you ever run into another technician kind of at the diagnostic level of what Darren does? Nope. <laughs> it's it, it's such a blessing to have somebody that live, eats, breathes the technical side of it to such a level and can get to the bottom of those deep, weird problems. Uh, I mean, he's really impressed me over the years that, uh, you know, we had a Volvo here a while back. He's going to kick me <laughs> in the pants for even talking about this. But we had a start-stop problem that uh, I was I, I really didn't have time to deal with. 
I asked if he'd take a look at it. I brought it from another facility. It had been at a couple other facilities. The man worked through the wiring on it just like a beast, figured out what was going on with it, got him fixed, got him back on the road. And really, the bill wasn't all that bad because he is that guy. You know, you think, oh, I go to this cheaper shop over here. Well, A, if they throw parts at it, B, if they don't get to the actual root cause problem, and C, if they create more problems, how much cheaper really was that shop? And that's the thing that I love about Darren is that, you know, the man does such a good job and he saves you really the value of Darren is that he saves you all that heartache and wasted time and effort, which equals money by getting to the root cause of what the problem is. Now, you might not love what he finds. It may need a PCM and the other shop wasn't adequate enough to diagnose it correctly. It may have an internal engine mechanical issue that the other shop wasn't able to diagnose. So they're throwing tune-ups at it and, you know, injectors and all that money's wasted where, you know, with a high-level diagnostician, you get to the root cause and you hopefully have a more informed um, ability to make a decision. Would that be, you think, a decent way to put it out there? I would say so. Yeah, it's really incredible what he's able to do out Mm -hmm. there. It it really is just eye-opening. And that's where the business needs to go. The folks that are quote-unquote practicing working on your car i mean they're probably cheaper if you look at it by like how much they charge for their checkout time but i guarantee you're going to waste a lot of money there that you didn't get anything in return for so i want to shift into mr harland uh you have a 40 plus year veteran uh technician who is really got some out-of-the-box thinking skills. I mean, that man has come up and done some jobs that I could not have turned over to any other technician, mechanic that I've ever met, Um, as well as he, those big jobs, I mean, pulling Mm -hmm. the cradle, the engine transmission. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when my service truck is down, I'd love to tell everybody out there that I do all the repairs to it, but Harlan keeps my service truck running, which I greatly appreciate Harlan, by the way. Um, that man has a gift for a lot of those big, crazy jobs. Yes, he does. The weird stuff that other techs would be like, uh, I'm not. I'm not touching that. No. Well, and, and I think it's intimidating to a lot of technicians, yeah. which is why they don't do it. Harlan doesn't seem to be scared. Um, he put together a, a basket case of a Bronco for me a few years ago. Did a heck of a good job doing that. Um, you know, he put a transmission in my truck here the other day when it gave up the ghost on me. 220000 It was a 4L80E. Um, anybody that owns any of those Chevy transmissions know <laughs> that it's just a time bomb before you got to do that. Did a beautiful job for me. Really did a great job. Um, the cool thing about your facility and that one in particular, he was able to flush my transmission cooler lines and cooler. So we didn't have to replace that. Um, if you're getting transmission work done out there and they're not either replacing the cooler, bypassing and adding an external aftermarket cooler or the ability to do a hot flush and get all the trash that came from the old transmission Mm -hmm. out, your new transmission is going to be negatively affected. Yes. You'll be back to the shop. And a lot of the struggles out there, um, and the reason we're getting more into some of the transmission area, is I'm just not seeing a high-level service other places. So um, that's something that you have some experience with. Um, I know you've sold and and seen and done a lot of transmission jobs over the years, and you have the equipment and the folks to take care of it. I think Waylon's doing a transmission this week, if I remember right. He is, right. Big old uh, drop the cradle. It's a 3.6, if I remember right, late model General Motors. Kind of really known for transmission Mm -hmm. issues on those. So Waylon's able to take care of that, the hot flush, 
etc. So you yeah, know, the hot flush is huge. So have you been at shops that don't use that? By yes, the way, yes, I have. And uh, maybe you, uh, I assume you've seen it. I know I have. Where you know you you get a reman unit or you you do some internal work and you put a new trans in there and then all that metal shavings and garbage that basically was vomited out of the transmission that you know gave up the ghost ends up being pumped right back into your new transmission right and that's just a bunch of crap in my opinion that you know and and have i done it yes i have used the little flush in a can (laughs) and you know before i knew better years ago and got fairly lucky so i mean some people get lucky however long term typically those transmissions get out of warranty and then they fail prematurely again and that's just that's not good practice in my opinion and you have that equipment you got the guys to take care of that business which is an awesome deal um what does jim do jim's been a fixture of this company longer than i have by the (laughs) way um he has a wealth of knowledge what's it like uh working with jim jim has been a great um support at the shop as well he does a lot of our i would say lighter duty um, repair work and maintenance but he does a really good job of getting it in getting it done right get Uh it back to the customer in a timely fashion he doesn't mess around he doesn't (laughs) he he has a great work cadence if you will or the pace of what he's putting out there and the thing that i love about jim you know certain technicians and you really got to look at who you're dealing with some of them like those big jobs where Mm -hmm. they're on them for a week a day whatever three days fill in the blank and then and then other technicians don't like that right and jim likes being able to turn a significant amount of cars so if you swapped roles not that harland or you know darren or charles which we'll get to here in just a second wouldn't be able to do what jim does and jim necessarily wouldn't be able to but they wouldn't like it they wouldn't enjoy it because they want to dive in and get you know all the work done without being interrupted. Jim, on the other hand, likes seeing new cars, new problems over and over, and camping him out on a vehicle for three days just wouldn't be a good uh, fit for Jim. And that's the beautiful thing about A1 Custom is I feel like we do a good job trying to, to find the right seat on the bus for you know the folks that we have and their skill set to where you know the job's hard enough. I shouldn't make it any harder. So if I if I need somebody that turns cars... Put the guy that likes to turn cars, you know, very quickly onto those cars and then dispatch the other work out. You, you think I'm crazy here? You think no, we that's... Should, you think we should flip it all around? <laughs> yeah, shop? just to mess with them just, and yeah, make just, things difficult? That's just, great. Yeah, no, just, it's awesome that they all have their their own areas of interest and their own strengths, and they definitely all have their own frustrating qualities, just as I do. <laughs> yes, we all um, do. But it's a really cool mix, and it's nice that we're able to, you know, no one's going to be fighting Waylon to work on the BMWs right. and Audis. Yes. No one's going to be fighting Darren for the intermittent electrical mm-hmm. draws. Yep. No one's going to fight, you know, Charles likes camping out on, you know, bigger jobs. Mm-hmm. He likes big projects. Hey, I'm going to do this big repair and, you know, all the maintenance that it's mm-hmm. due for, camp out on it for a couple of days. Um, but, yeah, they're not all that that way. Awesome. Well, we are going to step into our last break, and we'll wrap this show up in a nice little bow right after this. Your complete car care solution, 
Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We've got Annie, our Sunset Service Manager. Uh, we don't want to leave Charles and Carlos out. I know you kind of briefly talked about Charles. He's fairly new to the company, um, but not new to the industry, the business, and fixing cars. Um, you know, sometimes I think they're there's somebody up there looking out for us mm-hmm. and Charles and Carlos and uh, Kevin as well, which we're going to bring Kevin on the show here in the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, they were kind of at a transition, I guess, would probably be the best way to put it. And so were we. And it really kind of worked out. And so it's been such a, I don't know, just a, sh- a sigh of relief or whatever, seeing what Charles is capable of. And having the faith that, man, that dude can flat oh, yeah. take care of some cars and fix some cars. He's been rock solid. And, you know, just his wealth of experience and knowledge as young as he is, because he's still, you know, got many, many years, as, as do I, um, to continue into the workforce. I, I definitely don't get to ride <laughs> off into the sunset anytime <laughs> soon. I got lots of years to pay taxes, everybody out there. We all got to <laughs> yeah, pay our taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Macy has this great saying. She says, thankfully, we don't get all the government that we pay for. And once she told me that, it took me a minute. I'm like, what exactly are you getting at? And then the light bulb went off. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. Mm. That's anyway, the whole different. My old man rant about taxes. I'll put on the, the, the shelf for a little Gas while. Gas prices. That's, that's yes, the next that's, one. That's my other one. Uh, we're going to save a whole show for ranting about gas prices here soon. <laughs> Um, and then Carlos. Carlos is there with you for now, but he is going to be moving over to um, our fort location yes. that anybody hasn't seen that uh, it's getting close. We've still got a ways to go, but it's going to be really exciting with that new location. We're going to bring Kevin in. We'll do kind of a similar show there. Um, talk about what uh, makes Kevin tick, where he came from, and all of his folks and talent. But that's, uh, that's another show down the road. Today... Uh, I want to know how often you get listeners from KSGF in there. Does anybody listen to the show other yes. than my mom? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we actually get quite a few. You have a lot of uh, fanboys, to use your, <laughs> your terms. Uh, we get quite a few listeners, They and they normally end up being pretty loyal. The thing about the listeners, and I'm not just trying to speak to you guys directly, but I am, um, they're informed people. That's one of my favorite things about KSGF listeners. Um, not that everybody else is not informed, but the folks that listen in KSGF are really on top of things, I guess is the best way to put it. Very seldom do I get them and they're like, oh, you know, I didn't know that we had to do that or whatever. I believe that they, they watch their money for the most part. They want to protect their investments, and typically your car or vehicle is your second largest investment that you have. Um, if you have a fleet like we do, because we got fairly, you know, several kids driving and whatnot, it's really important, and it adds up in a hurry to have good, decent transportation to, you know, make sure that the family is able to get where they need to go. And that's what I see a lot of KSGF listeners. They take care of their car. They take care of their home. Um, they, they want to make sure that they're getting those, those miles out of the vehicle after it's paid off, which is really kind of my bread and butter on that deal. That's, I want to be able to drive a vehicle a minimum of 10 years. So it takes five years to pay it off. I better get another five years, at least out of it for that return on investment to fight the depreciation. So it's just really neat to talk to you all out there when you come into the shops. Part of the reason we're bringing some folks on, Annie, you're one of the first ones. 
Um, I want you guys to know that A1 Custom Car Care is a heck of a lot bigger than Dustin Atwood for sure. And when you come into the shops, these people are not here by accident. Some of them I had to pursue quite a, a, a lengthy pursuit to draw them in um, and to convince you to come to work here, Annie. Um, it was a big deal. I knew that was a lot of weight. Um, you had to somewhat have some faith that uh, we weren't a bunch of clowns and weren't fly by night. And I really enjoy and am thankful that you gave us the opportunity and as well as for you to kind of experience kind of how A1 Custom takes care of automotive repair. Would you say that we're similar, on par, completely different than what you've experienced in the past? Or um, is automotive repair the same everywhere you go? It's absolutely not the same. I definitely have a high regard for how A1 does things in terms of the quality and taking care of the vehicle and taking care of the customer. Um, but a lot of that, I believe, stems from the ownership that mm -hmm. the employees take yes. because of how well we are treated from this company. And that's that really starts and stops with Lois and Kenny. Mm -hmm. I have watched them folks do stuff that I really wish that they hadn't done. I mean, I've seen them clean the bathrooms. I've seen them take care of plumbing projects. And I'm like, man, somebody else should really be doing that. But the thing I love about them too, what many things, but the, the, this one in particular, is that they lead by example. Man, those folks have worked. I've been here 20 years. Well, get close probably. I've never seen them shy away from a challenge. I've never seen them be like, oh, that's beneath me. I mean, those folks set the bar and I have worked the last 20 years trying to make sure that I'm, you know, hopefully able to be in that ballpark. As well as that, to your point, resonates out throughout the rest of the staff, the company, the team, however you want to put it. I mean, we got some really heavy pipe hitter folks, in my opinion, that really take care of business at a high level. And they have the faith as well as they have the the trust or confidence from Lois and Kenny that they let us do our jobs. They're not coming over top of us very often. And, and in, when they do, it's in a coaching um, growth manner that they let us fix cars. Yeah. They let us That's deal awesome. with the customers. And a lot of folks can't let that go. And that's been a lesson I really tried to learn from them. And and I struggled with that at different points in time. I thought I had to fix every car. I thought I was the best at all that. And I'm dang good at it. But sometimes I'm not the best. And that's okay. I need to be open-minded enough that when I'm not, that's cool. I don't care if you even make fun of me about it. Maybe I got a bad haircut this week. Who knows? <laughs> Point being is I can learn things as well. It doesn't have to be me, and that's fine. A1, again, is much bigger than just one or two people, and that's really what I love about this place. We got tough days. We got cars that we don't fix the first time. You know, I've had some hecklers out there mm -hmm. that, uh, oh, you, you know, you portray yourself as the best ever, blah, blah, blah. A, that customer plays a role in that interaction. You had better... Um, be proactive in giving good information and, and basically helping in the repair process to get your complaint fixed. Sometimes they think by ESP or if they tell us more information than, than needed um, that it's going to drive the price up. But it actually does the exact opposite, in my opinion. And if you feel differently on that, Annie, please say something. Um, they need to, if they want a good resolution on whatever problem they're having, Help us out. Help a brother out. Help a sister out. And try and um, make sure that we have a great understanding about the conditions 
when the problem happens, communication to the advisor, how long it's been, has anybody else worked on it, etc., to basically stack the deck in, in their favor. Does that make sense? Or you yeah. think I'm way out in left it field here? <laughs> it definitely saves us all in the long run to give those details up front, which as advisors, we should be doing a good job of asking good questions. Um, but even still, sometimes customers hold out mm-hmm. until, you know, the tech's already spent an hour and then we call to say, is there anything else? Is there anything you're not telling us? And then they might disclose some more details. Um, it's almost like they're scared to give that information mm. sometimes. Is that, do you ever see that? I don't know. That? I don't know what it is. I don't know why they do it or if they just don't think it's necessary. I think a lot of customers still have the perception that we're plugging it into some magical diagnostic mm-hmm. machine. So those other details aren't really important because the machine's going to tell us what's wrong. <laughs> I wish that were true. And we've done a lot of stories on that over the years. They're just not. Um, the ability to get to the the problem that you're having and a lot of times a vehicle will have a couple of different problems Mm -hmm. and to that technician that noise may be the most prominent most important noise but to the customer they're like oh it's been doing that forever this noise is new this noise is different or whatever you can fill the blank with many things that uh (laughs) years ago i had this guy and i I know we're running low on time but he had a complaint of a noise and he brought it back and brought it back and there just wasn't a noise. And so finally he's like, it only makes the noise in Willard on this certain road. <laughs> well, he'd been back like four times and I'm like, I'm not hearing a noise and I don't have time to drive to Willard. I mean, that time is money. But finally I was so frustrated to be honest. And so finally we drove to Willard and it was a road <laughs> that went to a uh, assisted living home, I think, for his sister. Super nice man. And he was visiting her quite often to take care of her at this assisted living, so she wasn't alone, which I commend him greatly. The noise was the road. I had to drive all the way to Willard in this instance, (laughs) and thank God I just didn't hang parts on there. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you need tires and shocks and struts or whatever the case may be, sway bar links. It was the road, and and that's all he needed was to say, hey, this is the, this is the noise. I can't fix this road. You need to talk to the county. You know, that's not a a one custom car care repair here. Um, but I couldn't get that information out of him, and I tried. Mm-hmm. I finally just had to say, look, I don't have time for this, but you're adamant that you have a noise. I believe you. Show me. And. That was really what got us kind of to the bottom of that. So if you're out there in radio land listening, whether we're your service center or not, be as proactive as possible and help and participate in that communication. And I assure you, if you're at the right service facility, they will listen and you will have a better service experience and a more accurate uh, conclusion to whatever problems it is that you have. So food for thought out there. I put this to the test as well when I'm dealing with other vendors, other folks that are experts in their side of the world. I as I put maximum effort to get the outcome or the resolution, and I participate in that interaction that allows us to hopefully work through it quicker, less stressful, and uh, to the correct resolution or outcome. And a lot of times that comes down to you having to steer that conversation or at least play your part. You think I'm crazy on all that? Or you think it's just <laughs> magic uh, magic beans Some that I'm throwing out there? I still think it is, but yeah. I love the fact that you brought up the you know diagnostic machine. 
I wish it was a magic eight ball that just said, hey, you mm-hmm. know, put this part on there. Or some of these um, AutoMD and different companies out there, they're basically just kind of giving you the highlights of what it could be. But that's typically not what actually fixes the car in my experience. And I've tried it. Sometimes I'll Google it out there, just see what Google says or YouTube and whatnot. And you're only as good as the information that you're finding out there. That's not going to let us fix cars at the level that A1 Custom needs to and demands that we do. Um, You know, maybe they're 60% right, but 40% incorrect is way, way too many. Well, sorry to cut you off here, but believe it or not, but we are officially out of show so if you are out there in radio land you have a question or a comment that you want to submit to the show feel free to text us on that text line that phone number is 417-447-5743 or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041ksgf dustin annie i hope you have a good rest of your weekend you as well well. be safe out there bye